Hello, and welcome to episode 99 of the Dopey Podcast, a podcast on the dark comedy of drug addiction, on drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. This is your host, Dave, with his idiot friend, Chris. Hi, guys. How are you doing, Chris? I'm good. And uh, stay posted this week for lots of Instagram posts about uh, the 100th episode. That's next week. Yeah, but we're going to post them before the episode, right? Ooh, it's in, the, an, in anticipation, all the way through. But let's check it out. Any we got graphic artists from around the United States sending in copious pictures and graphics of the hundredth episode. Can you use the word copious when you're not talking about notes? <laughs> Are you only associated with notes? Yeah, I only know copious note taking, co- copious drug or note taking. Yeah, I never heard about copious pictures. Listen, just just now that you brought it up, it reminds me of something I meant to say to the Dopey Nation. Dopey Podcast is looking for some people to fill some positions. So if you are a graphic designer, a publicist, a man about town... Publicist would be great. If you're a publicist who wants to offer some free publicizing work for us... We need a publicist, uh, we need a graphic designer, we need a business director, maybe we need a social media advisor. We need an intern... We're nearly three interns. <laughs> How about that guy from Texas? Three, <laughs> yeah. He emailed us. He said, oh, I'm currently working, but I was wondering if you had any positions, Opus. And then in parentheses, like, I'm in Houston, Texas. I'm sure he washed away in Harvey. Oh, that's not nice. Oh, yeah. Was he in Houston or Trey, Austin or Dallas? Which uh, one's the capital? Trey, you okay? Do you remember? Do you remember? Uh, Trey, shoot us a note to let us know that you're okay. Yeah, if, what's if up, you Trey? you listen to the show. Do you remember the thing that made me stop communicating with Trey? No. In his last email to us, he said he liked that sober guy <laughs> and uh, us. And then he stopped. He was good. He wrote a little, like, sample press release thing. It was good. I liked it. Um, so anyways, we had an episode that we released a couple episodes ago called The Gayest Dopey Ever. And that actually set a record for the most amount of downloads in one month. I'm not – in a week. And it's not even – in a week. And it's not even been a month, I don't think. And it's still up there. It's burning up the gay charts up. It's burning up the gay charts. So this so Dopey in, Nation – So in celebration of that. So this, in celebration of that, is the sequel. This is The Gayest Dopey Ever Part 2. I we just call it The Even Gayer. The even, the, the even gayer than the gayest, dopey. But wait, no, wait, wait, wait. Before we even do that, just, I know you're going to roll your eyes at this, but if you're, you want to get in on the dopey 100th episode celebration and you make something, make a little dopey logo and send it in this week. Yeah. And then you could be part of the bonanza. Or send us a 10-second to 30-second voice memo. And we're very stringent about these time guidelines telling us what your sobriety time is. And then why you your, like na- your name and your sobriety time. Okay, we'll extend that. A minute max. If it's more than a minute, we won't play it. It can be two minutes. Really? Sure. Okay. Two minutes max. Or why you don't like us. That's equally as good. Yes, but it's going to hurt my Dave won't like it. All right, we're calling this guy because we're mad late for him. Um, His name is Jason, and he's a uh, personal friend, and he's gay. And um, We call him Gason. Gason. (laughs) Ask him. Wait, speakerphone. Hello? Jason. Yes. What's up, my brother? How are you? I am good. So I was just telling the Dopey Nation... Oh, well, first off, you're here with Dave. Hi, Jason. Hey, Dave. 
I just made a joke and I called you Gayson because you're Jason. Andrew oh Gay. yeah, I've heard that before in I'm, the past. I'm sorry. That was really good. Thank you. <laughs> it's really good. I really try hard. I'm, I'm strangely okay with that right now. <laughs> I, I try to stretch out as best I can. And, and just yeah. quickly, Jason, you're gay. Where do you live? I currently live in Great Barrington, Massachusetts. It's a very, very gay here. Is it gay? That's, no, no, it's not gay at all here. Um, Where are you from? It's, it's, um, I grew up in central Massachusetts, so we're near Worcester, um, but I lived most of my adult life in Boston with brief stints in New York, San Francisco, and L.A. Jason so kind of- has had a very cool life, and um, I'm sure we'll hear a little bit more about that. But wait, just before you get started, I want to say, Jason, that um, we were kicking the can around on what to call this episode because <laughs> – we had, as you know, the gayest dopey ever a few episodes I do. ago. Yeah. And Jason was very upset that he wasn't on it. Um, I was. And uh, that episode set some records for the most downloads in one week. And mm-hmm. um, it's probably going to be the you most downloads said, in the you month. You just said this. I'm telling Jason. He oh, didn't know it. Sorry. And so um, this is going to be, what did you want to call it? Gayer than that. Gayer than the gayest dopey episode ever. And yeah, even mean, gayer. I, that's, that's, that's great. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Funny enough, I was so – I was – doing due diligence and I decided to go back and listen to that episode again and I was listening to it and I was thinking god am I just am I super gay because this is just not that gay it wasn't that gay it wasn't but wait wait, I just want to tell the dopey nation too that when I met Jason first of all I didn't know you were gay until I don't even think someone told me I think I I didn't I, I noticed a couple days later Jason is like 6'2", 6'3", in fucking really good shape. And, I mean, I guess I can tell you're gay now because I know, but, like, it's not something that people pick up on right away. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, But, however, with that, I was hanging out with Jason last week, and I told him about the gayest dopey episode ever. I don't know. I don't think he'd (laughs) listen yet. And he told me some gay stories that fucking blew those out of the water. Well, those stories weren't that gay. They weren't that gay. In Jason's defense, the gayest dopey episodes were kind of like almost gay stories from straight guys. So it wasn't gay. Right, and I mean, they weren't gay, uh, super gay because you're not gay. And I imagine if you were gay, the episode would have been really super gay. So yeah. this just really might be very gay. Yes. Well, you know, Jason, also, I want to add that I really wished I was gay for a long time. You did. Who doesn't? Well, because tell, it, me, tell me more about that. Well, because if I was gay, then I thought maybe I could use. If you were gay, you thought maybe you could I thought use. maybe my use was because I was suppressing my gayness. And that if I came out okay. and admitted I was gay, then I, I wouldn't be an addict. <laughs> then I wouldn't be an <laughs> addict. You just have a whole new layer of reason to use. That's really great addict behavior, Chris. You yeah. know why I wanted to be right. gay, Jason? Why? Because some nice man could buy me meals and get me clothes and keep me in his house and take good care of me and like me and stuff. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to be gay to do that. You can just pretend to be gay to do that. (laughs) You can still do that. There should be no problem there. I have another non sequitur, Uh, Jason, before we get into the real gay stuff. Yeah. Have you ever heard of squirt.org? Squirt or sport? Squirt. 
Sport. No, S Q U I R T dot org. I have. Um, I, I'm not super familiar with it. It rings a bell of some sort. I feel like it, I feel like it's something that constantly pops up whenever I've gone on any of these like chat sites or anything like that back in the day. Or, it's the biggest um, future dopey uh, advertiser ever. It is the gayest hookup internet site. So gay and hot, it is not available in the app store. Oh wow! That yeah. sounds that that piques my interest as someone who 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 is formerly a lover of those types of things. Um, and, yes, and and that's where we wanted to spring off here. Is if you don't mind, Jason, I would love it if you would just. I mean, we can get a little bit more into your story after this, but could we start? Yeah. With just like tell us a little bit about like chem sex and what you were telling me about with those the chat rooms and the cameras and shit because that I just blew me away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so as far as the playground of how I, from my experience of how I was able to how I fell into sort of using meth, which you know my background basically is that I was originally a a uh, alcoholic, sort of coke addict, um, messed around a few other drugs here and there, but meth was never really a part of my story until I started to play around online, um, meaning that I started with Craigslist, which was like pretty basic, but then from there I started downloading the apps, which were mainly like Grinder oh, and yeah. Scruff, um, so for like dopey so listeners who aren't really familiar Squirt, with that, Squirt those are two like main gay apps where guys can sort of instantly hook up with each other and it's based on location so it shows me who's around me um within like feet as miles or wherever i am um now on there what ends up happening is it tells me also who's partying so it'll be listed as like pnp um so i can go on there instantly it's basically like a virtual drug dealer and like also a way to have sex. What so does PNP, yeah, what does PNP, stand PNP for? mean? PNPs? Oh, sorry. Party and play. Party, Party and play. Oh, nice. uh, Just uh, so before you go on, Squirt yeah. makes Grinder look like Friendster. Just so you know. So? I don't know. I, that was <laughs> my, I, I really like the idea of Squirt. It cracks me up. You just love the Squirt. Okay. Yeah. okay I'm very so. interested, by the way. Continue. Um, um, yeah, so... Um, that was sort of my intro into um, the availability of, of meth so I could go on at any time when I was feeling that sort of itch to use and I could look around. Basically, all I'd have to do is I put up a headless picture of myself with my shirt off. Um, Would you be naked? What's that? Like, would your penis be? Uh, no, no penis showing because <laughs> okay. they actually don't allow for that on the main picture. So you're basically showing your your, your torso. Um, but you're not showing. I mean, you're you're in good shape. But I mean, one of your best features is your face. You have a very pretty right. face. Right. Well, that's so sort of can come later. But you know, like I mean, I don't. In that world, I don't think people are too concerned about the face necessarily. I happen to be, by the way, very concerned. Even in my using, I was still very concerned about the face, but hmm. that didn't serve me very well around there. But, I'm sure um, lots of gay men are interested <laughs> in a pretty face. But anyway, so, um, yeah, so you put up a picture. I would throw up the picture, and I had great success when I would do this, you know. Um, yeah, I think I'm in pretty decent shape. Um, so when I would do that, I would get a lot of people responding to me, and when I would respond or pick out the people who were specifically like i got to be clear here like grinder and scruff are not all it's 
not even close to all related to two people just using. It's also just guys who want to hook up and, and do their thing. Okay. Um, Wait, Jason, but, I want to interrupt you and ask you one question. Yeah. Can we, on our Instagram, post a picture of just, like, you know, the one you use from whatever, your chin to your waist? That I, that I use on my grinder? That, that you used to use. Can we post that? Yeah, I'll find one. I don't, I don't mind that. So, Dopey um, Nation, if you're listening now, go to Instagram, and the picture that Jason's referencing will be on it, okay? <laughs> All right, continue. Yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> Can we put your phone uh, number on there, too, just in case anybody's into it? What's that? No, he's sober. That's oh, not good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> what was he saying? What did you say? Repeat that, Dave. <laughs> I just figured we could use Dopey as sort of a gay dating hookup site for you. I mean, you know, frankly, I'm not opposed to that right now, Dave. Great Barrington is pretty um, pretty sterile. So, you know, <laughs> hey, let's um, – Dopey is a, probably a great amount of uh, sober folks, I imagine. So, I hey, <laughs> send them along. But, but, you know, they don't have my face. So, you know. Isn't there a big gay yoga scene in Great Barrington? I'm not familiar with one. No. No. No, it's not I'm a not good familiar place to be one. gay. So why are you there, Jason? Because I love it. It's awesome. But let him finish his story. Continue on the, the gay yeah. dating apps. We'll get to that later. Um, yeah, so, so, okay, yeah, where was I? So I use the app, um, and it allows me to figure out who's around. I connect with these people. They say, great. This can happen, by the way, in a matter of like 20 minutes. And, and I do mean that quite literally. Within 20 minutes of me making a decision that I want to use, I can go online, hop on my app, uh, connect with someone, and I'm over at their house, and um, I'm getting ready to use. And, and, and um, Chris, this is where, where I kind of explain to you what happens now. Mm-hmm. Um, upon entry into this world this is wild um, yeah so when for me in the beginning I was very unfamiliar with sort of this playground uh, of meth use in the gay world um, or chemsex which is it's often referred to um, as and um, my first experience with it was a little bit scary um, because it's like nothing I had seen, but then I became pretty comfortable with it. Basically, it looks like this. I walk into a room, and the room is pretty dark. Um, the room has TVs, usually a couple TVs on, if not one, more than two, three, maybe. Who knows, depending hold upon on, which on. place I'm in. Jason, is, it like, is, it like some, is it like somebody's apartment? Yeah, it's usually someone's apartment. It could be a hotel room, although the hotel rooms aren't as set up. But it's like a it's like a makeshift setup of like what someone really wanted to look like. So like I'm using the example of like the the ultimate setups, okay. which are usually at someone's <laughs> house, in my experience. All right. Um, so you walk in. There's TVs set up um, with porn playing on them. Probably a couple different porns playing on them, or if not, like one main porn thing playing. But it's all gay um, porn, right? It's all gay porn. Yeah, it can be gay porn. Although, you know what? Actually, a few times there's been straight porn on. I have a lot of straight stories too, by the way, of like straight guys coming into those scenes, which we can get into later if we have time. But once um, a straight guy comes into the scene, it becomes a gay story, doesn't it? For me, yeah. For, me, well, for you, yeah, it's a gay story. For me, it's a straight guy coming into a gay story. So it's like, 
Okay. I don't know. I mean, most right. of my stories are gay for me, but I don't know. Yeah, I guess we can talk about that. <laughs> By the way, um, Jason, this is easily gayer than our gayest episode yeah. ever. It's already gayer, right? Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is just very gay. Like, I mean, this is gayer. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, so there's TV porn up playing. And then what the main thing that, that's happening when you're in there, okay, is... There's what's called Zoom rooms, um, which are which are chat rooms. Some people are familiar with, with Zoom rooms because what they are, are actually used as virtual chat rooms. A lot of place, place, uh, companies or businesses use these to do um, uh, conference calls uh, or video conference calls with people. They're like private or whatnot. So what this is is you enter people all over the world, and I, and I mean this world, uh, can enter in a code, and they enter into a room. And these are PNP, party and play rooms. So there are little boxes, maybe like 50 to 100 or more boxes on the screen. And sometimes there can be a waiting list to get into the room. And all of the different rooms are either individuals or groups of people jerking off, shooting up, or using meth all in these different rooms all across the country. That's insane. And all, sorry, all across the world. Are they sorry, just, all across, so they're, they're having sex too, right? It's not just. Oh yeah, totally, totally. Some people have their heads cut off and they're just jerking off. Hold on. Some people have their arms showing and they're shooting up. And then you're also on video too, so now you're part of the action. Jason, so you're telling me that simultaneously across the world, there's an infinite number of PNP rooms of people fucking, sucking, shooting, snorting, and smoking together. Absolutely. Right now. Right so now. this is going right on now. right now. Yeah, right now. I mean, right now it's probably like hot peak hour right now, 1130 on a Friday night. Like it's, it's getting going right now. Yeah. And there's several different rooms. It's like you can pick your pleasure, really. I mean, like you can you can uh, go into the L.A. room, the New York room. Uh, there's a Boston one. What's the really most – is there one area that's like the most debaucherous? The thing is it's not really one area because even though it's listed as like the code comes from a – it's listed as like a New York area. Like maybe set it that way but um, anyone can join it from anywhere. So like you'll get a lot of people. I mean you're not like getting people like – I say world but I mean you're getting a lot of people. I mean it is but you're getting a lot of people. I've noticed a lot of people from, from Australia, London, um, Asia. Come on, isn't this um, San Francisco going to be the most debaucherous? Isn't that a like given? It's not. I mean, like this is. I mean, yeah. There's people in San Francisco who are doing that too. But 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 I guess basically what stands out to me in these rooms is basically that it doesn't matter where you are. It's just people from everywhere. You keep scrolling through, and sometimes people have the initials of where they are, like what 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 state they're in or what country. It'll be like Slammer UK or like Slammer. You know, you guys slamming, like shooting up. Yeah. Um, Or like Chem Pig. uh, Wait, what was that one? What was Pig? What was it? Pig. But what was the first thing? Chem. Chem. Oh, chem. Yeah, there's a lot of lingo that goes along in that world that's also really – it's kind of like startling at first. And like a, you don't understand it as of like a, a, a lay Has person Has there ever been any uh, chem, a gay, chem – A gay lay person coming yeah, in. A gay, gay lay. lay. Um, Mine would be chem sort of the norm going in. Jason. Yes, we're in, we're in the very very fabulous and gay Chelsea neighborhood of New York right now. Sure, I know it well. Now I find it interesting that um, because you know there's a shitload of like hetero guys and girls fucking having sex and shooting dope, but they're not sure. doing it together like the gay scene. Why do you? Yeah, su- it why, is interesting. Why do you suppose that is? 
You know, I've, I've actually thought about this a bunch, and there's there's some there's actually a really good documentary that is out that I've watched that Vice did. It's actually called Chemsex, and they actually do a really good. Um, they do a good job of documenting a group of about six guys in London. It's pretty recent too, so I like that about it that it's not really dated in that way. Um, and it follows these guys in London through this whole process, it includes like Grinder and a lot of the rooms that I'm talking about. And it sort of addresses that issue as well. Um, and a lot of it, I think, they say has to do with like you know basically. Um, a lot about the initial history that they have and, and, and basically that there's issues with being gay that should have been addressed way earlier on in their, in their childhood or, or um, you know, these are, these are, you see a lot of like even older guys in the gay scene who, are, who have used a lot of meth because there's stuff that they didn't deal with early on. Like, but uh, also not to mention though, I mean, gay guys are fucking dudes and it's testosterone. So it's like guys want sex all the time. So if you're yeah. gay, it's two dudes. So it's like, of yeah. course it's going to be like more wild than a hetero thing, you know? Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, I think that definitely, definitely is, is part of it. But I that wasn't that. my point. My, Chris, my point was it's like it becomes this shared scene with gay sex and drugs. Whereas with hetero sex and drugs, nobody's like, let's watch these people fucking and shooting up at the same time while we Totally. Do. They're just totally. in separate places. Yeah. You know, yeah, I agree with community. you. I agree with you there. I think that there is, it's really interesting, you know, I like, even when you watch, like I've watched a lot of videos of people shooting up online or whatever. I went through that whole period of time where I was doing that thing. Um, and I would notice like, I'd be like, do what, what do straight people do when they do this? And like, I'd be like, this is so fucking weird. Straight guys would like shoot up and be like all goofy and get into the camera and like look at their eyes and I'd be like what the fuck is this guy doing because to me when you shoot meth like you like immediately like get sexual and like that's the first thing you do and if you watch a video of like a dude doing a gay dude doing that like that's the first thing that is the first thing that they do there's yeah. not any sort of like goofiness or like you're gonna go out and like hang out with buddies or like go about your day and get more fucked up on something else like that is what you're gonna do it's an immediate thing does you know, anybody ever part. does anybody ever like shoot up like moments before they're about to come so like wait until you're about to climax and then fix is that a thing i mean i've seen a lot of stuff i mean i can't really they're like speak to that up. definitely i mean i've definitely I seen people like shoot that. up while they're fucking i mean that's a thing like shoot up like right like have someone shoot them up while they're fucking i mean that's definitely something if someone's gonna shoot you up it would work but if you're like stopping oh to yeah, fix, yeah 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 you're not yeah. gonna be coming i always wanted to do that it's one of my yets it's yeah. kind of like some autoerotic asphyxiation with shooting up instead of yeah and i've also found like in these scenarios like all these ideas that i have or like what you're talking about like they never play out at all the way that they're going to it's like very messy and not that hot and it's just like ah like i don't know like whatever idea that i had was going to happen like i'm not really going to come i'm going to like get limp yeah like i'm not really gonna like whatever i want to happen is like gonna be some sort of like mini part of whatever i think it's like not really that you know so Um, now jason when you got clean i feel like it's like if you get into the chem sex scene you're getting clean from like more than just drugs it's like a it's Uh, like harder almost it sounds like multi-level cleanliness. it's it's so it's a thing. I mean, it's definitely in. I don't know if any. So if there's any other like dopey listeners who, who are 
gay or, or maybe not gay in, in, in equate, you know, relate to this sort of situation of sex and, and meth and sex being the same, uh, one and the same is, you know, the, the struggle, uh, in this is that often a lot of guys find themselves, yeah, they're, they're, they can find themselves kind of able to get away from the drug, but then all of a sudden they're going back to sort of the sex life and all of a sudden it's not the same. Yeah. You are you're in the middle of doing something, and you're engaging in, in, in sex, and you're, it's it's just like, oh fuck, whoa, like this is just not the same. It's lame. Like, it's Does it like, feel lame or something? It just it just feels like like a part of you that you are used to, a part of you that actually is feels like it's supposed to be you, isn't there? I don't know. I don't know how to describe this thing. Like, like your dick's been cut missing. off, or like you're never going to achieve orgasm the same way you ever did again. It's very frustrating. It's like everything is on level five. Like something's and, missing. Yeah, like someone could even want to. Someone could try to be like really hot with me and like get all like into it with me and like they think they're being like really out there with me and I'm I'm like yeah totally man and for some reason it, it has taken time for me to like for me to be able to 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 meet them there and it's a it's a challenge you know you have to you have to really work on that because you're amping yourself up to a level that is just so unattainable in any yeah. other way and I mean like we know that about a lot of drugs but when you you combine that with sex. It's it's just it's brutal. It can be brutal. You need a new baseline, basically. Yeah, and it's it's hard to understand, especially when it's to do with sex, because you know you're flying solo when it comes to sex a lot of times. So it's not like you have someone there coaching you along to be like, you know, hey, buddy, it's gonna be okay. You know, so it's you know it, it's a lot of it is a lot of work. It's doable, but I mean it, it's a lot of work, and and you know you've pushed for a lot of people. You know, myself included, you, you put yourself in situations where you've kind of pushed your extremes. You really push your extremes. So you've kind of desensitized yourself, and I think it gets complicated. Like, what is it that I'm even attracted to anymore? Like, what is it that I'm even into well, anymore? I think there's something about sober, casual sex that's kind of weird. You know, like, totally. like, like to be fucking somebody that you don't know. I can't do that. Or, or I that, can't, like, that that's you gone. You know, like, sober, casual sex, it's certainly not it's exciting. Weird. It's weird. It's, it's totally like, weird. Totally unnatural. It's totally weird. Um, I was going to ask you, just off the off the kind of path, what's like the soundtrack to the gay chem sex world? Like, what's the music that's playing? Techno? You know what? Okay, so I'm, gonna, I'm like a very weird user. I have all these rules when I'm using. I'm like... I might be the person you think you want there. Like, you're like, yeah, I'm going to be this good-looking guy. We're going to come over. We're going to do all this crazy shit. And then I arrive, and you might not want me to leave because I'll, like, get other guys to come over. Here's when you talk about soundtrack. I fucking hate music playing when I'm using. I feel like it conjures up. <laughs> so I make all the music stop, and I'll, like, allow for porn. Maybe there can be a little techno in the background or something like that. But occasionally someone won't pay attention, and, like, there'll be music that'll just pop on that has some sort of, like, emotion related to it or something and like they're total like even even like techno music you know when it gets a little too emotional yeah and like i i like i attach to that and i'd be like yeah no 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 
And it kills it for you. Oh my god, that's funny. I just can't do that. It's like this is just not. This is like I can't have porn playing and me like getting uh, attached to some emotion and like feeling like it's 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 just it's not that that world is not that. Like I don't know. No, I get it. Able to separate, but for me, it's like how do you the soundtrack is very gross. That doesn't even have to be unique to. I mean, I remember my lowest point of pure alcoholism, which was ironically just when I was like twenty years old of drinking every day i couldn't even watch when i was drunk i couldn't watch anything but like pixar movies because any movie that had any sort of emotion to it i'd get so fucking depressed i'd be like turn this shit off (laughs) well interestingly enough though for me when i would drink like i loved i the the control i had with drinking was fantastic like sometimes with me like i'm when i was like heavy into my drinking i would love to drink and decide how I was going to feel. So I would sometimes drink and be like, you know what I'm going to fucking do tonight? I'm going to get fucking shit-faced, and I'm going to listen to some crazy-ass sad music. And I'm going to get myself so sad, and it's going to be epic. And I loved that. Like, I liked listening to sad music. It's and like, like I would like to like, blues, go through yeah. a range of emotions and get, like, all fucking stupid or, like, whatever it was. Like, I felt like there was some sort of reason behind it. Like, I could do that. Not with meth. With meth, there was no going there. Like, going into that, like, sad state was, like, very off-limits for me. But I think, I think with meth, there's, like, no time to feel anything. It's like, go, go, there's go. Not. There's no time there's to not. stop and listen or, or feel or emote or anything like Dude, that. Dude, I mean, like, absolutely not. You're right. Never mind the fact, by the way. Let me, let me, let me also just tell you that, like... In this world, I'm describing like the screens and the rooms, and I'm like, by the way, I also don't want to lose track of it. Like, we're, we're all shooting up in this world as well, so like, I'm, I'm getting very high in this world, and, and and within this, within this, depending upon where I go and how much I've been using, I'm also someone who's like a door watcher. Okay, so I, I become this guy who, like in hotels, man, I'm I'm really a piece of work in hotels, right? So there's been like a few times where I, I can't stop myself. I consistently would go back and forth in the middle of like these these like orgies. Like there's guys like all over me, like wanting to do stuff to me, and I'll be like, "Hey, just um, hold on, hold on, just one second, guys. Could you just hold on a second? I just have to check something." I get up, I go over to the door, and I'm peeking through the peephole because I'm convinced there's someone outside the door, and like I'm just like this is like a back and forth thing, and I'm doing this maybe every three every three minutes. I'm like in this scene that's so hot, and then all of a sudden I'm like peephole. People, yeah. like, Jason, I I shot meth once in a hotel room with my girlfriend, and I'm, I'm not lying. I stood at the people for like eight hours straight. I did not it's leave insane, the people. Right? Just I, I couldn't leave, and there were just like shadow people. And some people. sometimes, when I was sure there was shadow people, were right outside the door. I would get uh-huh. down on my hands and knees, and I'd look at the little crack underneath the door, and that's the Hell only yeah. thing I would do Absolutely. besides the people. <laughs> Jamie. Oh yeah, I put a towel down one time. Yeah. So my my whole my whole move was this, right? Because I knew those motherfuckers was really screwing with me, you know. Like if I moved, they moved away. Like yeah, okay, I'm on to you. So I put a towel down underneath the crack because I know they know my shadows moving, right? So then I put the towel down underneath the door, and then I move myself back so my feet are back too, you know. And then I re- I lean over very much, like I lean over and peek into the peephole, and then I look carefully to. See see if they're there and i stood there too for probably like a, a good hour two yeah. hours and that was my technique so they couldn't <laughs> see any movement underneath like there's no one there and i'm gonna catch you you know i've done all kinds of shit man i've also set my ipad up in a room 
when I was by myself in a hotel room, I was convinced there was someone like coming in and out of or hiding underneath one of the beds, and like I somehow couldn't find them. I set my iPad up in the room and put the videotape on, and then I like ran into the bathroom and like started speaking to them from the bathroom and being like, "Please leave. I would like you to now leave, please." <laughs> so scary. Oh my it's, god. It's, it is. It is really scary. It's like you, not a joke at all, and like there's humor in it now for sure. But like, it's really god, I would scary. kill to see that videotape. And now, that whenever, I did for two hours at least. Were you ever in any of these incredibly gay shooting up situations and you're at the peephole looking for someone and then some other dude is blowing you while you're looking at the peephole? Say that again? Forget it. It's a stupid question. <laughs> you mean, are you saying, like, was I, like, online looking at <laughs> No. I'm saying, have you ever been in some uh, sex party in the hotel room where you're, like, shooting... Mess, and then you have to look out the peephole. But while you're looking out the peephole, some dude is blowing you. Several times. This absolutely. <laughs> this is like I'm, you're telling me this, and like yes, all the time. This has happened at least maybe five or six times. See, Chris uh, looked at absolutely. me like I was an idiot for asking that question, but I had a <laughs> no, feeling you are an idiot. Really solid question. <laughs> Thank you. I can even remember like looking down at this like one. I mean, it's like one younger guy. Who, who like I was just I remember having a moment where he was doing that and it was actually at an apartment it was like his boyfriend's house it was like some older like scummy guy who he was dating and and he was doing that to me while I had been staring up their people of their apartment and he like came over and was doing that to me I remember looking down at him and just thinking for a moment like having I mean, you know when you have those tiny moments of like what the fuck like yeah. I was just looked at him and, and thought what the fuck like what the fuck and like there was a girl there too and like this girl was like looking at him blowing me and I was, and she, I was like oh hey and he's, she's like he's like oh she doesn't mind she doesn't mind she's my best friend it was like one of those things and I was like oh alright cool I guess um, okay so Jason switching gears a little bit two things first of all um I know you've had some time. You had um, uh, several years in a 12-step program of sobriety, and now, um, if I understand correctly, you're sober. Not so much 12-step. You do other stuff. I want to hear a little bit um, about that, actually a lot about that. Um, but also, when you went back out, okay, after you, you know, I know it was more alcohol in the beginning, but when you got into the meth and you went back out, that little voice that was like, what the fuck, is that more pronounced? Like, is it like harder to get back into that scene when you relapse and you have some like sobriety in your head, basically? Yeah. Um, so I was sober for five years and I, I was in a 12 step program and um, I did, I relapsed sort of in an, in an, on pain medication, which then extended into to drinking and, and so on and so on. Um, yeah, it was tough. I mean, the voice is very loud. Yeah. From, from the get-go. I mean, like, the pain of, of, you, of using and hiding it from people when you have um, a, a background and in, in, in recovery. And you actually care. Like, I actually did care. I wasn't bullshitting it. I don't think I had... I didn't, I didn't have a strong enough understanding of myself, per se, at that point in time. But I did care a lot. And it wasn't bullshit. It was authentic. So when I did use, um, it was awful. And that voice you're talking about, it, it was brutal. Um, yeah. And, and you know, I, I, I don't wish that upon anyone who's in that kind of teetering spot 
of, of making that decision. Like if I, you know, I know now that if I had just said that, it would have been such an easy thing to say to someone at that point in time. Truly, it would have been um, that like I'm I'm really about to do something, um, and I'm not sure what to do, um, and I just didn't know how to do that that way at that point in time. Um, a lot of it was probably pride. A lot of it was ego. Um, it might have been from where I was at in the program or where I saw myself at in the program. I was scared about that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my own stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, so going back out was, yeah, it was tough. It was really hard because I, for me, once you have, you know, there's that saying we all hear about like a, a head full of AA and a belly full of booze is a Right. Something like that is a big. It's true for me. It was really true. Um, it was brutal. It was really brutal. What was the um, thing? What was the thing that made you use after five years of being clean? What was the moment? Well, what happened was I had gotten into a biking accident. Um, I went mountain biking with with one of my brothers, and I had like fractured a rib or something like that, and they gave me pain medication. Um, pills were never part of my story. Um, didn't pay much attention to it and then they then I went back because one of them was giving me a stomach ache imagine that like I didn't even want the pills <laughs> and they get, really I didn't I went back with the pills and I told my doctor uh, yeah this isn't like really working for me it's making me sick is there anything else because I was legitimately in pain Yeah. and he gave me like uh, some really pure form of of, uh, of a pain medication and Unbelievable! I went home that day, and I took one of them. I then all of a sudden looked it up online. I felt the like euphoria of it instantly. I then went home online, looked it up, crushed it. I all of a sudden was looking up, can you snort this pill? Yeah. I don't know where, five years sober. Can you snort this? Within, done, bang it in my, snorted the pill, and then I was off and running, and that was it. Hmm. And that was it. And then, actually, that was part of my story as well. I became very addicted to oxy. Um, and I, I, you know, I, 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 uh, got clean off of that, but I, I, I went through that whole thing. So that began everything when I came off of that and I didn't get any real help for that. The depression was obscene. Mm-hmm. It was obscene that what I went through and I went and got into drinking. Um, everything was a mess. Everything that I thought I had worked for, like the secrets, all that kind of stuff, I was so embarrassed with what I had done. Like I didn't want to see people who I respected, who respected me. I had these ideas that they wouldn't look at me the same. It was, you know, these are all like thoughts and ideas. They're stories that we tell ourselves. They're not necessarily real, but they're very real for me. They were very real for me. Um, yeah. And it spiraled, you know, they, it spiraled into, in, into a, a big mess. And that's as it that led into other drugs, which led into which led into some other stuff, and then that led, led into uh, meth. Um, and so, those, so the story goes. Yeah. Okay. So then, what happened today? So let's fast forward. Um, you want? Oh, right. You want to talk more about? Um, sorry. No, no, no. That's about, good. No, uh, we have the. the uh, yeah. So, I twelve step. Uh, programming uh, recovery worked really well for me. It was a huge, a huge part of what worked for me, and um, I'm a huge proponent of it. Um, for me, what I ended up having to do is that I, I went to a treatment center, and uh, having been to a lot of treatment centers, I then went back to one of them where they actually focused in on some trauma work, and it wasn't something that I considered that I need to I really thought that I needed to look at, but but it was something that I was willing to do. Um, 
and we focused in on that, and that was really intensive. So I did trauma work. I did some work called EMDR, hmm. which is a form of trauma therapy, and, and it's something that's used for a lot of different things. But yeah, we, we just talked about this. Um, I started doing it myself, actually. Yeah. Know? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So um, definitely something people can look up if they want. It's way too much to get into um, specifically, but. Hmm. Um, I then got into doing a lot more evidence-based therapy, so I started to look at myself and say, like, okay, I want to look at how my brain is working, and I want to look to see, like, what are the things that I can do to heal my brain? Like, I believe that my brain can heal. I know that for a fact, like, evidence-based. I know that my brain can heal from drugs. I know that I have cravings to use drugs, and I know that there's things that I've done in my past, my history, the history that I have that... Is, is is not helping me and I know that cravings can be healed I know that I know that my brain can heal from the, the damage that I've done if I'm diligent about it, if I'm consistent so I made a commitment to myself and I said I'm gonna do these things as laid out things like I'm gonna do meditation every single day I'm gonna keep track of what I'm doing each day I'm gonna take a look at things I do things like mooring lines which means that I, I check off things that I do every week and look to see what I'm doing and where I'm at. You, I'm committed to going Jason, to therapy each week. Go ahead. Do you meditate every day? I do, and that was a challenge for me. I I started off doing like a minute or two every like three days, four days, and now most days I'm able to do up to like 30 minutes, wow. um, you know, a day. And I mean, you know, I say that sparingly. I, some days it, it is that, some days, excuse me, it's not, but, um, it's a huge part of what I do. And I never, most important for me is that these things that I do on a daily basis, they just feel very authentic for me. I didn't, I never thought that I would do these things and, and not feel like the urge to have to tell someone like, right. Hey, I meditated today. Like there was something about that for me that always seemed really important to, mm. to like, they didn't hold value for me unless I had to tell someone. You yeah. Know? Um, I don't think so I, I ever meditate and yeah. don't tell somebody. <laughs> What's that? And every time I meditate, as soon as I'm done, I call Chris and I'm like, guess what I just did, man? Right. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, there's just something kind of nice about that, you know? But, I mean, after a while, I was like, well, why the fuck am I doing this? Do I need, like, if I don't, like, no one wants to even care. No one fucking cares about meditating. You know? But then I started to notice some differences from it. Um, and then I started to get into it because there's something kind of trippy about it, too. I mean, it's like, if you do really let yourself go and get into it, it can be a really nice escape in a lot of ways and, and it does it changes something a lot for me um so yeah i mean that being physically active being committed to going to showing up to therapy appointments you know um things like that that you know i i've done in the past but that i haven't looked at as like a challenge i haven't looked at them as like i'm going to be really consistent with the things i do because i believe that those things will help my brain heal and, I, and I've looked at it that way um, for quite some time now, and I'm noticing changes that, that are positive in my life and have helped me in that way, and I like the way I'm thinking now. And it continues to be that way. This is not, this is not a one-and-done thing. Oh, my brain's healed and I'm good. It's very much the same way as, you know, at the 12 steps. It's like this is a continuous process of, like, the way you live your life on a continuous basis. It's not – I mean, this is a lifestyle for me. It's like it's not, you know, something that I'm healed and I'm done. It doesn't work that way for me. And I know that now and, and I'm, I'm comfortable with that, you know. I'm comfortable with that or I'm getting comfortable with it. It's totally. like when I get frustrated now with a lot of the stuff in recovery, I at least know I'm frustrated about that. I'm not like consistently thinking about a lot of the bullshit from the past or stuck in the stories, if that makes any sense. 
Totally. And that, and that was part of the reason why I wanted to you know, ask about your sobriety because I knew you had the 12-step experience. I knew that you still saw value in it, but that nowadays you kind of went a little bit of a different direction. So I like, you know, yeah. we like just getting a bunch of different people and having a bunch of different perspectives on the show. And I love, and I love, I love that there's, I, it, interestingly, the interesting thing for me about 12 step and, and like evidence-based practices, things like smart recovery, I'm certified in smart recovery. So, I, you know, I, I really, I like smart recovery as well, which is another form of recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, these things, in my opinion, they all complement each other. I mean, there's often this idea in my, that I find that where it's like, if you say you're doing one thing, it means you're like anti this, or I really, you know, the more I look at these things, it's like, they all really support each other. It's like, doing yoga doesn't mean that I hate the gym and doing, you know, it's, it's very, it's, 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 they complement each other in a lot of ways. And Jason, the back, yeah. if anybody gets sober with dopey, we'd like it to be called dumb recovery. Instead dumb recovery. Of, instead of smart recovery. Not funny? I, I love I, that. I, I mean, it's, it's late. It's late. It's all right. I think that's funny. <laughs> I like that. You, that would be actually interesting if you guys started your own sort of like recovery program. <laughs> like a recovery sort of It's called retarded uh, recovery <laughs> <laughs> No, it was like intellectually I'm disabled sure that, I'm sure recovery. that would go over really well yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that would go over really well Alright, Jason, we gotta wrap it up We're like yes. at like 45 minutes Thank you for calling in if Yeah, thanks for having me, guys Totally, if you could Could you in your gayest voice say Stay strong, Dopey Nation Or do you do gay voices? I don't really do gay voices, but no, Damn I don't it. do gay voices. Damn it. <laughs> Can you do an Indian accent and say, stay strong, Dopey Nation, as a gay stay Indian? Stay strong, Dopey Nation. <laughs> there that you go. Do it again. I, mean, I talked over you. Uh, stay strong, Dopey Nation. <laughs> there you go. Very nice. All right, Jason. Dude, I'll see you next weekend, man. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Dude, right. dude, even gayer than that, say toodles. That's the gayest toodles. thing in the world. All right, guys. Toodles. Toodles. Also, <laughs> also Jason, this was yep. easily... Gayer than the gayest dopey episode. Yeah. So congratulations. This definitely was gayer yeah. than that. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Jason. Bye, guys. Thanks. Nice. Bye. Bye. Awesome. Fabulous. He was a fucking great guest. Um, it was a good interview. That's for sure. Uh, that was awesome. I'm happy he came on. You know, recently uh, where I work, some people wanted to say uh, what's up to dopey. And I just wanted to play one of them. Okay. Hello, this is Ishmael. You are listening to Dopey. And don't do drugs, faggot. Yeah, so that was not... uh, That was you. No, that was Ishmael. That was not Ishmael. It was totally Ishmael. Swear to God. What do you mean? Yeah, it was not. (laughs) The point was that he wanted to get in the spirit, so he said faggot, sort of ironically, in the gay spirit. No, when Ishmael says that there's hatred. No way. Ishmael's gay. Hatred. Are you kidding me? He's the gayest Egyptian you've ever Is he gay? Made. No. <laughs> he actually could look like he might be gay. Just so let's leave it alone. Um, Jason was awesome. Once again, thank you, Jason. I'm going to read an email real quickly. We have to read an email and play the voicemail because we didn't do it in the last thing. And let's just do it. Is that yeah, all right? Let's do it, man. All right. This is from – I can't say his name. Hey, guys. It's – So-and-so. So-and-so. Um – Please don't say my name. Yes, I realize I have the same name as the guy from something. <laughs> I'm a longtime listener, but just now decided to share a story with the Dopey Nation. I've been working at this mortuary nice. in my state's capital for about five to six months now. Pretty crazy job. I see all kinds of people come through, some drug addicts like Dave and some mothers, fathers, etc. But anyway, one night I decided to get super fucking high with some friends. We smoke a blunt after blunt. 
And 30 minutes later, I get a call from my job at midnight to go on this removal for a decomposing body. Nice. Now, this was my first time doing a decomp removal. And when my coworker called me to go, I tried super hard to get out of it. But she basically said, you're going. Be there in 30 minutes. At this point, I was fucked. So I drive to this shitty apartment in heavy rain at midnight. I get there and I see four cop cars and seven cops. Now, for my job, I have to find out information about the deceased to send to the funeral homes, which requires talking to the cops at the scene. Never have I been in close proximity to cops this high, much less carry out serious conversations about sensitive information. Let's just say I was sweating and paranoid as fuck. Luckily, they didn't notice anything. So me and my two coworkers go into this apartment, and as soon as I step in, I start gagging. The smell was the epitome of ass. Keep in mind, I'm super stoned, first decomp, and this guy was dead for over a month. Yuck. And he was bloated as fuck with maggots and flies all over him. Yuck. So we go into this room where we die, where he died, and of course we couldn't get our cots into the room, so we have to carry this motherfucker out. But before this, we had to get this his wallet out from underneath him. My coworker lifted his leg to grab the wallet underneath him, and when she lifted his leg, his skin literally fell off. At this point, I had to leave the room and throw up. Coworkers, of course, made me come back after I was done throwing up to help him. So we put this body bag right next to the bed. We are going to roll him off onto it. Sounds easy, right? No. Absolutely not. No. When we rolled him off the bed onto the body bag, he burst like a balloon. Ugh. The smell just became a million times worse, so we finally get him in the body bag and zip him up so we have to carry him in this body bag out to the cot. We finally get him into the cot and have to take the cot outside to the vans in the heavy pouring rain. Suffice to say, this was my worst experience at my job so far, and the weed made it so much worse. It felt like I was in a horror movie. Anyway, wanted to share this story with the Dopey Nation since it's pretty outlandish. I mean, who do you know who picks up dead bodies on a daily basis, much less a guy who picks up bodies stoned as a motherfucker like me? Anyway, I just wanted to say hi to y'all and keep up the encouraging work y'all do. And keep up and to keep encouraging y'all to keep up the dope podcast. That was a fucking crazy story. Fuck you think that man. it would be some weird sort of like maybe negative association with marijuana? It's like maybe he doesn't want to smoke pot ever again because he'll just remember the body that bursts like a balloon and the smell. I don't think so. It sounds like he's still. They smoke. just need to pair it. You know what I mean? It's like Pavlov's dog. Because if you could just pair them. All I know is that since it's the gayest, gayer, gay, whatever you want to call it. I was just waiting for some gay shit to happen with the body, because I figured we're. In what like, sort of gay shit could happen with the body? I don't know, but that it was just like, that's a gross story. And, it's disgusting. Um, yeah. Um, should we play the voice memo now? No. Why? Because I think I think we should. Uh, no, okay. no, we're playing the voice. We're Which not one? even done. We're Which one? Even... I'm done, man. All right. This is um. Uh, so this is a, a 20 minute voice memo. We're just playing the last four minutes or so. Um, it was a great voice memo. It was just too long to play. It's a guy from a guy named Josh who's from the Boston area. Um, super dopey, this whole thing. It's too bad we can't play the whole thing. We're just going to play the end, um, and this is when Josh got hit with Narcan. Wait a second. This is an important lesson for the dopey nation. Yeah. We appreciate any voicemail you send us. We really do. Yeah. But when the voicemail is longer than 10 minutes, 
it becomes impossible to play on Dopey. Yeah. So And Dave won't even listen to him. I mean, I always listen to you him. You didn't listen to the other guy's 20 minutes. I didn't listen to one 20 so minutes. And I feel like, shit. Yeah, but the thing you is... You didn't even listen to me. Blah, blah, blah. So did, blah, you blah, blah, blah. did you listen to it? I didn't listen to one 20 minute voice memo, but we've probably gotten five, and I've listened to all of them, and you've listened to the other four, and listen. you haven't listened to Not them. only are you a people pleaser, you throw me under the bus, and you're a liar. <laughs> you didn't even listen to the other one, and you say, Dave, I feel so bad, I didn't Listen At least I feel bad. You just go about your business and don't care. How do you know what I feel? <laughs> I know How do you know exactly. what I feel? You're heartless. Please. You're heartless. <laughs> I'm heartless. I feel bad. I feel bad that this app. Listen, if you do a voicemail, keep it about yeah, seven minutes. Five to ten minutes. Ten minutes at the. It better be fucking straight fire if it's ten minutes. We want six, seven minutes. Listen, we appreciate the voicemail and the effort, but. You can cut 20 minutes to 7, and that shit is the real shit. And one more time, for the 100th, send us in a 30-second, 1-minute, up to 2-minute thing talking about why you like or why you don't like Dopey and your sober time, or if you're struggling and trying. And we'll play it. We're going to play as many of those as we can on the 100th episode. Send them in, please. You know, Ryan... That would be Cormac, Randy... Uh, other people, <laughs> Scott, whatever, whatever, the other right. main guys, Tina, whatever, Mathis, where the fuck are you? Where is she? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I'll check this out, though. Leah. Go. Just, just calm down. <laughs> check this out. <laughs> Fucking, I don't remember what I was going to say. All right, we'll play the no, voice no, no, It's important. Oh, yeah. Ryan, graphic design Ryan, was like, you guys should should gather as many under five minute drug stories as you could get and play it in a lightning round scenario. So this is another thing for the Dopey Nation. Do a short ass drug story and we'll play it in the hundredth episode. We'll play you know, every fucking short drug story you can give us, like a minute, two minutes, even if it's not about dopey, if it's just a drug story or a recovery story, just send it and we'll play it. Okay. And I'm sorry for everybody that I didn't listen to your fucking long voice. You heartless. I have attention deficit disorder. It's serious. Attention deficit hyperactive disorder. There is no attention deficit disorder anymore. It's gone from the DSM. I'm so old, I still have the old one. All right, we're playing the voicemail. Okay, so it's super dopey. This guy's talking about copping, doing drugs. Shut up. There's a guy's talking about copping, doing drugs all over Boston and Fall River and the all these other places. The later we do the show, the meaner you get to me. And the more vulnerable I am to your sneak. I know. Attacks. It's a role reversal. I don't like it. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is uh, the end of his voice memo uh, when um, he talks about Narcan. doing drugs and getting narcan All right? Anyway, so um, <clears throat> rather than stop um, and, like, call it a night, and I... Um, I think my buddy G, who I told you about before, got back in touch with me, and he had some rocks and some more Adderall, and so he comes by, and we get the crack, and then at that point, my buddy, so this is what I feel bad about, I mean, I know no one can, no one can make someone else use, but I definitely did not offer a supportive recovery environment in that week, and, um, you know, he brought out, he's like, you know, you know, I think I want to, like, I think I want to sniff some dope, and, like, um, you know, I want to try crack, and... You know, I was like, are you sure? You know, but he, he did. And he was like, you know, it's my decision. You know, you're not responsible. I'm going to do it. But anyway, I'll cut to the chase here. I'm getting to the end. Um, I hope you've listened all the way. Thank you so much um, for doing so. But anyway, so 
one of our roommates is home and she is not at all, um, a drug person. Um, you know, I don't even, I didn't even get the sense that she like, you know, drank on the weekends or anything to be honest. But, um, so we go outside on the stoop on a public street and just like decide to just smoke crack. And then I told him, I remember saying like, you know, like what's amazing, this is amazing combination is like, take a, take like a big hit of crack. And like, then this time it was working the crack. Like, you know, I was like, you know, what's amazing is like taking a big hit of crack and then like following it up with like a bump of dope. And, um, so we do that, but I remember it and it's like, instead of like, you know, and mind you, like this is only a couple hours after like that big like dose and it's like so reckless, but like, so, you know, we, we do that, but like, instead of like just chilling and like having that be the one bump of dope, like for, you know, the rest of the night, like I, I did that like multiple times. And so we're sitting on the I, last thing I remember is we're both sitting on the stoop and, um, I'm like at that point really going in and out again and like so high, but like, but I remember trying to get words up, but could barely talk barely talk at all. And actually like, remember at the moment I still felt pleasant. It wasn't unpleasant, but I was barely talking. I don't remember what my breathing was at the time, but I am like really, really faded. And like, like I, my perceptions, I, I am very drowsy and like, you know, <clears throat> all of a sudden, and then, and then that's it. That is it. And then the next thing I remember, I felt a jolt of energy and I was throwing up. Oh, oh, let me back up. Before we go to the stoop, I joked. I made a joke to my friend. I was like, haha, like, you know, I do have Narcan in my backpack just in case. Not at all, like, expecting that we would need it, like an idiot. Um, I'm so glad I said that because I. Right next, as I say, the next thing I remember, I feel this like just I am like super energized and vomiting violently all over our front stoop <clears throat> uncontrollably. Um, what I now know was precipitated withdrawal because my friend Narcan to me, he said later that he tried it was like 10 minutes or so, and he tried to punch me now. Did I really stop breathing? Did my heart stop? Or was I just totally out and couldn't be woken up? I don't know to this day, but still, I'm glad he did that. I don't know what would have happened. Um, and before that, it was just black. That's, I don't remember anything else. And he said that he had tried to like punch me to wake me up and um, obviously didn't work. And so he narcan me. And he said multiple times. And um, he had to do it multiple times, multiple sprays before um, it was a nasal spray. We needed to do it multiple times before I came to. And we rush into the apartment, and I'm like, I go into the apartment, I throw up in the bathroom more. My roommate, the other, the square, the straight edge roommate, is like, oh my god, like what's going on? What's going on? Like should I call nine one one? I'm like, no, 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 don't call nine one one, don't call nine one one, because like I still had a lot of like stuff on me, and um, I'm so glad my buddy was there who had more experience, and like you know he talked me through it and like kind of like made sure I got in bed like on my side and like you know I think I might have puked a couple more times but fuck and like so you know you know and I if I were I know a lot you hear a lot of stories about people addicts you know getting narcaned and and they they 
they have to do they they just do more dope and have to be narcaned again and you know because obviously you know the reason they they do more dope is this precipitated withdrawal and like just immediate symptoms and just so intense and um but i was you know resolved to like you know i had had five months of recovery and i was like it was literally literally my wake-up call um and i was resolved you know to uh just like let this be a lesson learned and um i threw out i had a good amount of dope left and i threw it all down the toilet and um all the other drugs i had and um you know so the next day i just remember being sick as shit in rosh hashanah services and with my parents and they just thought i was really sick and had the flu and um you know, I couldn't bring myself to tell them that I like basically nearly died, but um, that is what happened. Um, anyway, um, wish I could say it's all been smooth sailing from then that point on, but um, you know, unfortunately, I've had a lot of in and out since then, and um, you know, um, it's a struggle, but I'm working on it, and. Um, Listening to you guys really helps. Um, you know, I just think it's really important for, for people with addiction to not feel, um, you know, like they're all alone. And that's why, you know, these these fellowships help and, and listening to you guys helps. Um, so stay strong, brothers. And um, I, this is kind of rambling. I understand if you don't play it on the air, but hope, hopefully you listen to it all the way through. And, um, you know... Um, always uh, you know feel free to get in touch anytime um i can um yep um i can give you my email or phone number um off the air later all right stay strong take it easy i wanted to play that because first of all the whole thing was great and it was also i it was special to me because he talks about all these areas of boston that i know well um but also just because he mentions the narcan i mean we have a show about primarily heroin addiction and we don't really talk about Narcan. We haven't. You know? No, I thought it was very, very beautiful, the end of it. I found the end of that call to be What, when you said he liked Dopey? <laughs> yeah, I, I really liked the part where he said he liked Dopey. No, the part where the point about... The point of fellowships and, and, and drug addiction and being alone and how not being alone is a great uh, solution. Antidote. To, to being an addict and I also liked you know I, I like the humility in terms of like he'd like to say it was smooth sailing after this happened it but, wasn't. but it wasn't and it's like I never got Narcan and um, I overdosed like badly once you know but you were doing pure dope I mean and it's like I wanted to play it because, like, I know people have mixed feelings about it, but it's like with the fentanyl and car fentanyl, it's like if you're using and you're a heroin addict, like, he talked about his friend who was, his friend might have saved his life because he was experienced. It's like fucking, it's free in a lot of places. Just go to your pharmacy and get some fucking Narcan. If you hang out, if you're a junkie and you have a bunch of junkie friends and you guys are active, have some fucking Narcan. Did you ever have Narcan with you? No. I didn't do, we, I didn't use in the fentanyl days either you know well I'm now just it's saying, more important joe joe shrank uh posted something on facebook where he was like he he was trying to get heroin dealers to give away he was going to give heroin dealers narcan packages to give away with the heroin yeah you know which 
you know, that sounds nice. And I think you're right. I think if you're a junkie out there and you have that real fire shit, go get some free Narcan just in case and then tell your friend you have it. Yeah, that's it. Tell somebody What's the happen? worst that's going to happen? You're going to live. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you might worst. feel unpleasant for a little bit. Yeah, that's the worst thing that's going to happen. I mean, what, did, what was the story like when you were using it? Like somebody overdoses and like they drop them off at the hospital and speed away. Like that's what people you fucking did. And the yeah, or cough all the other yeah. bullshit, smacking you and stuff. You know, the best is your story of when you would shoot somebody. Up yeah, with coke. yeah. Our Narcan <laughs> was fucking fixing coke, was slamming coke in people's veins. That, that's what Narcan was for me. You know, this went from the gayest episode to you being the most sanctimonious. I wasn't sanctimonious. You should see his face. He's like, yeah, da 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 da, yeah da 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 da. Yeah, <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm tired, man. Yeah, you're really tired. Why don't you say toodles? I don't say Just that. Shake toodles. it up for a little bit. Okay, because so it's so gay. I should say toodles in a gay what, voice. What do we need to tell them to do? Get Narcan. Get Narcan. Send us this short fucking clip. Like us on fucking Reddit. Follow us on Instagram. Listen, what I really like us want on Twitter is for tweet you, at us on Facebook. Do all that shit. What I really would like is if every member of the Dopey Nation contacted five celebrities and got the celebrities to call on to Dopey. And if you're on Facebook, invite your friends to like the Facebook page. We don't charge you anything. We're not begging for money. We don't want money. We don't want money. We just want... Respect. <laughs> respect. <laughs> we want respect. We want adulation. And yeah. we want reviews. And specifically, I want more reviews than Omar. Yeah. Specifically. And I also didn't mention this. And send a prayer to Hot Wheels, who hopefully right now is 14 days sober. Not to mention Josh's voicemail. Oh, did I not say his name? No, Josh is fine, yeah. Josh's voicemail, which took place during the High Holy Days... I knew, you perked up right when you heard Rosh Hashanah. Well, it's going to be released the week of Rosh Hashanah. No way. How's it's, that for synchronicity? That's that, a little bit better than Squirt. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> what is that? God, that's God's plan. Yeah, it's God, God winking. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the Jehovah. Actual. Or is it Muhammad? What is God for you? I don't know. <laughs> Do you want to hear Ishmael's fucking thing again? <laughs> Why didn't you play the whole thing? Because you, you have to play them one at a time, and the second one isn't good. Oh, okay. All right, let's wrap this shit up. We're way over. Here, I'll play the whole thing. What the hell? I'll waste the All whole right. thing. You ready? So I, while I was working the other day, I ran into a bunch of celebrities and a woman I work with whose name is Fanny. Yeah, so, so we got a bunch of celebrity clips for you guys. Here. And Fanny. The next one is Fanny. Oh. Whoops. All right. Why isn't it playing loud? You hit speakerphone. How do you do it? You hit speakerphone. What up, Dopey Nation? This is Benny Man. I'm on the say toodles. This is Heath Ledger coming to you from the grave. You're listening to Dopey. New kids don't do drugs. That's better. better. Much better. Hello, this is Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand. You're listening to Dobie. Don't do drugs. The worst part of Hi, this is Nicole Kidman coming to you from Australia. You listen to Dopey and don't do drugs. That was actually Nicole Kidman. Hello, this is Hugh Grant. You're listening to Dopey. Don't do drugs. That was pretty good. This is Anthony B. And you listen to Dope Nation. Who's that? Anthony B. Toodles. A lot of mercy. A lot of mercy. 
This is Sean Connery. You may know me as James Bond. You're listening to Dopey. Stay strong, Dopey Nation. Hey, this is Paul McCartney. Hey, this is Paul McCartney. You're listening to The Dopey Show. Don't be dopey. That was great. No, this is Ringo Starr. You're listening to The Dopey Show, and no, 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 I don't do it no more. You should do that and say, peace and love, peace and love. Hello, this is Ringo Starr. You're listening to The Dopey Show. Don't be dopey, because no, 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 I don't do that no more. Peace and love, peace and love. This is Rosie Perez. Oh, my God. You're listening to The Dopey Show, and don't do drugs, guys. Can you believe all the celebrities? Hey guys, it's Rosie Perez. Oh my god. You're listening to the Dopey Show. She doesn't say toodles. You heard that? That was Rosie Perez, and she not say toodles. You know who that was in the restaurant? Fucking Sean Connery, Beanie Man, Anthony B, Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr. Anthony B was good. This is Anthony B. Me not say toodles. Lord of mercy. Lord of mercy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, Do all that shit, and uh, we'll catch you next week on the 100th. Send in uh, the clips for us. Check it out. The 100th episode. We need reviews. We don't want money. We just want reviews. We don't want money. (laughs) We just want reviews. Okay. Um, And with that... Me not say toodles. Lord of mercy. Mina say toodles. All right. Good night, Dopey Nation. Stay strong, my brothers and sisters in the net of recovery. I want to take a walk around the world. I wonder would it do me any good. Until I get some money in my pocket, then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood. But I want to be good so bad. Wanna be so good, so bad, so bad. I wanna be good, so bad. Bad desires, all I ever had. And I wanna take a ride up in the sky. Watch this airplane just pass me by. And I wanna see a Lear jetliner take a dive. Just to show all of these people what it means to be alive. But I wanna be Wanna be so good, so bad, so bad I wanna be good, so bad Bad desire's all I ever had And my shadow's getting smaller, smaller And it's time to where I stand Shadow's getting smaller and smaller City far behind. I'll take the high road, however far it winds, because peace and love are very, very, very hard to find. And I wanna be good so bad. Wanna be good so bad, so bad. I wanna be good so bad. Bad desires all I ever had. Damn it, all these suckers make me mad. And it's 
all I ever had. And it's all I ever had. And these suckers make me mad and I don't want to call my dad. And it's all I ever had. 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 And these suckers make me mad and it's all I ever had. And I don't want to call my dad. And it's all I ever had. And it's all I ever had. And it's all I ever had.